0: Our heart sponsor for today is the 501c3 nonprofit National Treasures Artists in Residence. We are supporting them by offering an audience requested masterclass on business plan writing. Over 30 days, you will receive daily emails with microtasks broken down over the month that will give you a complete plan. This will help you assemble your ideas, communicate your concept to others, and raise capital. Participants will be eligible for prizes that will help you polish your plan to optimize success. Visit AchievePodcast.com forward slash business plans with an S to register. Our mind sponsor for today is Twin Flame Studios. We are thrilled to be co-hosting a webinar with them on November 12th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time to share insights on the benefits executives and companies can experience with podcasting. With over 68 million Americans listening to podcasts weekly, companies and organizations are sitting up and taking notice. The truth is, compared to podcasts focused in the entertainment industries, podcasting for business outcomes and applications have unique considerations to become a highly effective addition to your company's marketing and culture. Join us on the 12th for this educational event, where we'll focus on getting podcasting ROI, external versus internal podcasting, and executive podcast guesting to demystify this powerful medium. Visit AchievePodcast.com forward slash webinars with an S at the end to register. On this episode, we have Mona Sheikh. Mona was born in Karachi, Pakistan and migrated to the U.S. while in high school. She opted not to pursue a traditional path and instead embraced a childhood love of humor and launched a career in comedy. She has strong appeal with South Asian and Western audiences alike. She's done several stand-up shows and hosts a handful of podcasts leveraging her comedy. She's based in Los Angeles.
1: Mona, thank you so much for being on our show.
2: Thank you for having me. This is really lovely.
1: I'm very excited to have you on. Um, I want to start by saying um, thank you, expressing my gratitude for what you're doing um being a trailblazer and i know and we're gonna get into this it hasn't been the easiest path but you are um fighting against um not only sexist norms but cultural norms and um i see you as a pioneer very much the way carol burnett and whoopi goldberg were um so uh thank you for for all the effort that you put into it because uh, i know it hasn't been easy um love to go way back um i understand you were born in karachi yes i was came to the u.s when you were 15. what prompted that move
2: uh so our family first of all thank you so very much for uh comparing me to uh legends uh if i can be half as good as them i would die happy so thank you for those kind words um uh what prompted the move you know our family history our family kind of history is a little bit uh more complex than your you know like how oh, you know we wanted we came to america for a better life yeah. yes our family came for a better life but not exactly planned like totally unplanned um Tell so i have it. yeah i have four older brothers uh i'm the youngest and the only girl out of the boys and um yeah. My second and my third brother in the 70s were given expired vaccination for, pol- for polio, and they ended up getting polio because of it.
1: Oh my goodness.
2: Wow. Yeah, so, when they, so they got polio, my cousin got polio. All these kids around were getting infected. I wasn't born yet. Um, and my mom uh, was, you know, everybody, you know, people are cruel. Like, they're, like there's no treatment for these kids. Some people were suggesting to give them up for adoption. Some people are like, just abandon the children. They're useless. And my mom was like, ah, uh, you can take a hike. I'm not gonna like give up my children, go to hell. Um, and uh, my mom is really the, the more badass lady that uh, she would uh, write letters to with the help of her cousins to write letters to hospitals around the world saying, I have sick, t- I have two sick kids and there's no treatment for them here. You know, if you can offer us any kind of assistance and if we can like fly out, you know, my father's business, thank God, was beginning to pick up and do really well. My father was um, in the car driving institute business. That's where okay. our family's known for in Karachi actually. Okay. Uh, yeah, our family's kind of like known for the, uh, the family that owns the car driving business. Uh, and my father's business was beginning to pick up. So thank God we were financially at least getting to a place where we can like, you know, uh, take care of some, some of the expenses. Um, and then after like about four and five years of like struggling and writing letters, um, Shriners hospital in Lexington, Kentucky responded to the letter and said, Hey, you know, we, we have, you know, we have all these, uh, we, we take care of kids, yeah. international kids, who you know can afford a treatment, and you know if you guys just fly yourself out here, we'll pay for everything. Amazing. And that's how we started coming to the U.S. So I have, um, I have a very deep, deep love and respect, uh, a for Shauna's hospital and b for this country, uh, because if it wasn't for them, I think my my brothers would have never had the opportunity to live these, you know, thriving, healthy lives that they are today. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, and in, 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 reference to them and because of what they went through and the fact that they came to America, uh, you know, my, my parents were, you know, my, my parents were like, look, you know, the country is unstable. We, you know, there's not a lot of opportunities here for the kids. So let's send the kids over to America to be educated. Uh, and, you know, we'll just live here. And that's what my parents did. But when it came time for me, a lot of, as you know, like in our culture, uh, maybe, 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 uh, you know, I would say in the Desi culture, yes, you know, exactly. girls are always, girls are always like, ah, oh, no, we got to keep the girl behind because the boy, she's going to be ruined. She's going to become a prostitute. And I'm just like, prostitutes make money. Um, you know, they're like rich. uh, Okay. Um, and, um, so so I've I've
1: known women who have funded their doctoral studies by stripping.
2: Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Not even prostituting, just stripping. Just showing.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: Incredible. Uh, so kudos to them, by the way. Uh, so, um, and, um, my mom was like, look, uh, I was, I was held behind my brothers were educated and I wasn't given that opportunity and I'm not going to do that to my girl. I'm just not, she is going to be treated equally to the boys. Wow. She gets the same opportunities as my sons, like no different. Isn't so it? really kudos to my parents, really. Uh, I mean, and look, my mom could have agreed to it. My father could have been like, no, she's a girl. She stays yeah. man, Right. My mom would have no say, but the fact that both my parents were absolutely in, an, in agreement, like that I get the same opportunities as my brother big kudos to my parents and I'm Agreed. so uh, incredibly uh, proud and I, 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 I absolutely love them for it, right? Yeah, so yeah. they're the ones, I mean, when you come here, that's a different story. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's how I moved to the US at 15. Uh, so I, yeah.
1: You're 15 when you get here, uh, you basically are a sophomore in high school. Um, how was that transition? Uh-huh.
2: Uh, not, not a sophomore. I started as a junior, actually.
1: Okay. Sorry. Yeah.
2: Sorry. Sorry. I don't know, man. You know what? I mean, you know. We didn't do the
1: IQ test earlier, so I I just, I wasn't aware.
2: I am (laughs) terrified of doing an IQ test. I'm like, I'm going to find out I'm a total dumbass, and then I'm going to be like, there it is. I knew this entire time I would do that.
1: And it's going to impact your life how?
2: It's going to not impact my life. I'll be like, exactly. It's completely
1: irrelevant.
2: (laughs) I'm going to still, I think it's going to be the back of my head. I'm like, damn it. Now I know I'm a dumbass.
1: (laughs) Your comedy will get better. And hopefully, (laughs) hopefully,
2: hopefully it won't get dumber. Uh,
1: Nope. You keep being where you are. It's a very astute comedy. It's just going to be
2: like a plane that's on a Very
1: cerebral.
2: Oh, geez. Uh, But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, all right. So you
1: come, uh, you're you're a junior. uh, You're in this new place. Um, That must have been hard.
2: So hard.
1: Nobody. Did you you find your tribe?
2: I ended up finding kind of my tribe. I think I've always been. Ever since I was a kid, I was a loner. I just I was that kid who hung out with every group in the school. I was that kid. You know, I. I was that kid that got along with all, everyone kind of, you know, I, you know, was never this like, oh my God, this is my clan or this is my tribe. And I, I think I'm very much still that way. I am that person that likes to, you know, I'm just a very curious being. I've always wanted to like learn and know about people. And I'm like, tell me what is it like to be you? Like, tell me what that's like. And I feel like, people really that you know that i'm always looking to find that commonality between people right like what connects us like what 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 do we have in common because we must have something in common
1: yeah so growing up mona were you always the one um easing tension in family discussions uh cracking jokes trying to make people laugh
2: yeah i've always been that person it's funny because I have friends from Pakistan that I went to school with in uh, eighth grade and stuff. Because eighth grade is when I left. And um, and they messaged me and they're like, what are you up to? And I'm like, I'm a stand-up comic. They're like, that makes total sense. I'm like, it does? <laughs> they're like, yeah, you were a pain in the butt. Like, you were such a prankster.
1: That's awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh,
2: God. I was like, I was. Wasn't I? I, I have some, like, really like I was a I was as much as I like got along with everybody I was also a bit of a pain in the ass right,
1: like right.
2: I was the I was the kid like pulling pranks on fellow classmates and like then right. getting sent to principal's office and my principal's like what are you doing here <laughs> Like you're a good kid like you you're a good student what are you doing here I'm like I was I just wanted to have
1: I'm man, I to laugh. I'm bored your curriculum is really not stimulating me because exactly. you know when i go to the u.s i'm going to be a junior i'm skipping a few grades so <laughs> exactly. honestly like you know step up your game and then i won't pull as many pranks
2: precisely exactly <laughs> uh i remember you know it's funny because um uh, I, i'm like working on some uh i'm working on this uh project right now and i uh, was uh pulling up all these like kind of childhood stories And one of the stories I've completely forgotten is that I remember the day my mom walked into my principal's office and I was sitting outside and the door was open and they were having a meeting inside. And my mom was just like, yeah, you know, she's going to she's going to move to the U.S. And um, so we're going to be like, you know, ending her schooling here. And I remember my principal saying to her, oh, my God, she's going to do so well. She is such a this kid has so much perseverance she can become (laughs) the president of the united states if she wants
1: to oh wow fantastic
2: i remember him saying that to me and then coming here and being like oh you gotta be you gotta be you gotta be you know by birth citizen not naturalized citizen i'm like there goes that chance
1: oh man Man. i was was, was getting all excited about a shake harris (laughs) ticket Right, you and Kamla, and then you not with not my potty party. mouth.
2: It's not, you know. You know, they're like, oh, I'm gonna run my run my uh, my campaign slogan would be like, uh, "Fuck that guy." Like that's gonna be my. <laughs> that's
1: gonna be my campaign. Have you seen the the signboards that say um, "Buy Don" for Biden, like "Buy Donald Trump"? Oh no, wait, haven't I mean, just to highlight the fact that so many people are going to vote for Biden because they really just want to get Trump out of office. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. I—that is, if they, if the Russians don't get involved again this time and uh, steal the election like they did in 2016.
1: they're—they're well, so. they're, they're involved already. We found yeah. it's just a matter of can we keep Preventing. them from, yeah, doing yes. the the damage that they they hope to. Well, I don't know if you
2: recently saw Trump with the black mask that he had on his face because uh, he was, you know, out there encouraging his uh, Walmart people, Trump supporters, to wear the mask. And it literally looked like Putin's underwear. I was just like, is he wearing putin's underwear
1: on his face i was gonna ask if he had like a image of putin on the inside so like he was kissing him the whole time no
2: no it was like it looked like (laughs) putin's black underwear on his face and i was like yeah you like that don't you
1: he does i'm pretty sure he gets off on that um in another interview mona you talked about how comedy chose
2: you yes
1: share with us how did comedy choose you
2: How did comedy choose me? You know, um, comedy is a very uh, interesting art form, mainly because just like I said, right, as a kid, you're this prankster, you do all these things, then you connect with old friends and they're like, you're a stand-up comic? That makes total sense. But you, I never saw myself that way, right? You're Mm -hmm. never like, oh, I'm going to be this First of all, being a stand up comic was never even in the periphery of making a living or becoming anything right yeah, i mean yeah. it 's not especially when you 're like South Asian, especially when you 're Pakistani, you come from a conservative Muslim household like those are not the options it's the options are become a doctor, get married, sure. have babies, and exactly. shut up, yeah, yeah, and just shut up like that 's it. those are your options and uh I mean talk about like going absolutely against the grain on yeah. on all aspects.
1: Yeah. Which right? I um, admire and respect that's phenomenal. <laughs>
2: it's very kind of you. Thank you. Um but uh I feel like um I've, I I remember <clears throat> uh we used to have a, a, an amazing uh stand comic in Pakistan called uh, Mohsin Akhtar. Uh and I don't know if you remember him but he no, was no. he was like the quintessential he was like kind of like the George Carlin of Pakistan,
1: nice. right?
0: Yeah.
2: Brilliant man. Died very young, actually. Very sad. Died very young. I think he had cancer. Uh, died very young, but a brilliant man. Uh, and he actually came to my school to give me a huge acting award. The biggest wow. award in the school. Yeah. Wow. which which should have been like kind of like looking back on. And it was just like, oh, wow, the universe is just like this is going to be yeah. your gift. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I wanted to be a stage actor. I saw Madhuri Dixit in Tezab in doing Ekdotin, and I was like, right. sold.
1: So? <laughs> you wanted that for you? That's great. Done
2: and done. Let's do this, you know. <laughs> and I was just like, but how do we get to it? Like, that's awesome. There's no, there's no pathway, right? Yeah, there's no, too. there's no. But my, my my parents were like, oh my god. You want to be a performer? Let's lay this out for you. They were like, What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah.
2: My family was just like, No way.
1: But um, you talk about your mom being this badass that she was. Um, it yeah. sounds like you have, I mean, well, do you have support from your parents and what you're doing now?
2: Uh, well, my father passed away in 2005. Oh. So. I'm
1: sorry to hear that. Thanks.
2: Yeah. So no, no support needed there. Uh, but uh, my my mom has come a long way. Look, I I you know uh, I went through like ten years of I mean even longer. I mean for eight years I did not speak to my family. Right? There was no. Okay.
1: Sp- wow. You went
2: through a battle. Right? right? It was a giant yeah. battle. My family was just like, you know, they were trying to muscle me into like you're gonna go to school or we're gonna like. Right. Mic- I remember I remember being like 17-ish and I was just at the verge of turning, turning 18 and telling my brothers because they were my legal guardians in America telling them that I wanted to be a performer I wanted to be you know a stage actor and I we lived in Jersey at the time and New York was right there and what other greater place to go to do theater than than New York uh, and um, and my brothers gave me an ultimatum they said either you're gonna go to college and become you know, uh, and become a physical therapist, or we're going to send you back to Pakistan and mom's going to marry you off. So take your pick. Wow. And I was like, how about neither? How about you? Nobody gets to call the shots in my life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you
2: know, I, I think the one thing I realized at a very early age was that America I think I just kind of accept, I was like, America is the land of opportunity. It's like, if you can't make it here, you can't make it anywhere. Like, this is it, you got to make it here. So I think I really had that in my head and I, you know, we had massive fights. There were massive fights going down in the house because, uh, I wasn't backing down, I wasn't going to be like, okay, well, I'm just gonna, I've never been that little wallflower. Right. I'm, I'm just like, you bring out yeah you bring out a machete i bring out a fucking machine gun like this is how we roll like you know not not that it was like violent like that but no I,
1: no but i know what you mean and i i really applaud your sticking to your guns all puns uh, intended literally. um yeah it's um it's so hard to do it's yeah. um you know because uh but you you embrace that vulnerability that it would have placed you in because of your beliefs and. That's always worthy of admiration, so well done
2: well thank you, thank you very much. you know, also, um not to get too dark, but you know we uh in our household uh there was even in Pakistan, like we we just kind of grew up in this very tumultuous environment, yeah. right uh, tumultuous in the sense that my my parents were our family was always split. I don't ever yeah. remember my family always being together. Mom's always gone when she comes back parents are always fighting and bickering yeah. there's a lot of physical violence my dad beats my mom a lot oh, and goodness. Then as I'm we so get sad. older my mom my dad starts beating me there's a lot of physical violence right and so my brothers watch my my father treat my mom and me this way I come to America and they repeat the same cycles on me. Right. Of course, of course, They're all taking the taking turns, beating the crap out of me. Right. So oh it's just, it just is getting to a point where you're just like, if I live in this house any further, I will die. I will get damaged or I will die. So this is just about mere basic survival. survival. Yeah. This is just yeah, survival. Absolutely. This point. So I was just like one night I had a massive fight with my family and with my brothers really. And I was just like, I would rather sleep on the sidewalk than sleep yeah. in this house, yeah. you know? And I remember just packing up my bags and I left and, and I left and I've been on my own ever since.
1: Congratulations on oh, no, <laughs> taking that step was huge. And I, I really just, I'm, I'm so impressed you. um, with, with your doing that. You know, oftentimes uh, humor is a salve for pain and uh yeah. or, or some trauma and so i i really appreciate your candor and and uh, sharing that today that that was uh that was huge
2: Well, thank you thank you you know
1: and you're an you know, amazing yeah. a, accomplished woman so you did the right thing
2: thank you I, I i feel like i did you know i think i think the single greatest thing somebody would ask me they're like what's the single greatest thing you think you've ever done in your life i'm like leaving that house
1: yeah at
2: 18, leaving that house yeah, I yeah. think um I think a lot of I, I think a lot of times what happens is especially you know uh, for women busy women period we are often intimidated by family members we are emotionally m- manipulated we are yep. uh, we are like you know our parents will be the ones our family will be like what are you doing you're bringing shape on the family oh my god I'm gonna have a heart attack moms are always I'm gonna have a oh, heart yeah, attack Yeah, exactly
1: yeah the whole guilt, the, the daisy oh, guilt. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs>
2: oh, I'm going to have a heart. My mom used to be like, you have to swear on the Quran. And I'm just like, I'm not swearing on nothing. <laughs> I was like, make me. You can't make me do nothing. <laughs> you know? uh, I think I I'm just always, I, I think also uh, growing up with boys as a girl, I being the only girl you kind of give yourself permissions that the boys have. So even though nobody's giving you permission, you're giving yourself permissions yeah, because you're watching yeah. the boys do
1: things. Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And as you
2: get older, you're like, oh, I'm just going to keep giving myself permissions, yeah. And, yeah. permissions <laughs> and permissions nice. you
1: know? and yeah. permissions.
2: And then when you start hitting this wall where they're like, oh, wait a minute, the standards are different for you because you're a girl. And I'm like, blah blah, 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 blah,
1: Yeah, exactly. Had permissions.
2: I've that's been right. giving my myself permissions this that's entire right. time. Now, you're trying yeah. to take that away from me? Yeah. That's not that's not going
1: to work out. No, no. Um, that's not going to work out. Definitely a very hard path for you to, to maneuver, but again, I uh, give you a ton of credit for it. Um, and, and it's funny, you know, whenever I, I used to be the uh annoying prick of a kid because when my mom would say that stuff to me, I'd be like, Could you do it on Monday? Because I really need you to drive me to the movies over the weekend. <laughs> she would say, I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna have a heart attack. I'm like, Can you schedule it for later? <laughs>
2: Would you get a smack over the
1: head because of that? or? She just didn't know what to do with it because it wasn't the response she was hoping for. I mean, you know, when you're trying to emotionally manipulate, you're predicting a certain response. And when you don't get it, you're just like, what the hell do I do with this? And So that was my strategy with my parents just to like stymie them. Did it work? They just, they tended to walk away, but they kept going back to the same plot line. It's like, oh my God, you guys are reading from the same script page again and again and again. (laughs) They didn't didn't know any other, I mean, and I don't really fault them for it. I mean, my mom has since passed, but. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, You know, when you don't do something with conscious, um, deliberate, intentional thinking, you mimic. Yeah. Right. And especially when you're just, you know, so much of parenting is on the fly. You don't really schedule stuff and plan for it. So they were just doing what they knew to do. Sure. And um, that was my way of saying to them, that's just not going to work here. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah. listen
2: to me, lady, these uh, shenanigans. Uh, <laughs> it's just like doing your fingers like a like a right. middle, exactly. middle <laughs>
1: <laughs> So tell us about the impetus to go to the comics comedy club in new york and do your first five minutes on stage
2: oh man so um before uh comedy i was taking acting classes and i was you know i was doing a lot of stage uh, but at the same time, you well, we studied the
1: Meisner technique If I,
2: I started Meisner, I did the two year conservatory. Yeah, I did the Congrats. William Esper Studios uh, conservatory. Uh, and, you know, um, I also had like private acting coach that I worked with. Uh, but I also I always had like the stage experience and I was always, I was always writing stuff. I would always had the desire to write. So I would always be writing stories. I'm big, I'm very big on stories. I love great stories. I'm like a lover of great stories. Uh, I love to tell them. I love to listen to them. I love them. Uh, And uh, I remember I had a job at uh, Morgan Stanley because I'm a former finance girl too. So I used to work (laughs) so many lives. I used to work on the trading floor. I was one of the only four women that worked on the trading
1: floor. Amazing. What years were you there?
2: I was there uh you mean in finance
1: at Morgan Stanley yeah
2: at Morgan Stanley I was there around like 2009 2008-2009 oh okay, gotcha. oh,
1: okay. All, right, all right uh yeah I I started my career in finance I was at Solomon Brothers back when that existed because oh my
2: god Morgan Stanley never sent
1: me an offer letter
2: oh boo i used to work for city because city bought oh science. yeah
1: of course yeah so you okay so you know we have that commonality
2: yeah yeah you I put that to... on
1: your linkedin i'm just going to point out
2: what the the solemn? i am not putting that in
1: want to derail us here so you, you studied acting and studied while acting. you're working in finance
2: while i'm working in finance while i uh you know of course the market is crashed and you know everything is breaking how ha- the ha- it breaking loose but my uh my job at Morgan Stanley, that's funny because that interview the way I got that interview is I was literally cracking jokes for like an hour with the yeah, guy who was hiring me.
1: That's great. He didn't
2: Thank even bother looking at my resume. He <laughs> we were just cracking jokes for an hour and then he was like you're hired. I was like, Really? And he was like, Yeah, I was like, but you didn't even go over my resume. He's like, Listen, we have so many qualified candidates. But it's just that the personality match. He's like, we exactly. we get each other. You're hired. Bring her, Come on in. So when I was working at Morgan Stanley, I used to have this, um, this uh, this department was on the se- separate uh, side of the floor, uh, but we shared the same kitchen. And every time I would go to the kitchen, I would meet this girl named Lena, and Lena and I would hit it off and Lena and I would she would Lena would be like come over to our side and let me introduce you to all my coworkers. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, Lena, I love you. You're so awesome. Let's go at lunch. And then we just became friends. And I would always crack her up and she was just like, Mona, have you um have you ever considered uh doing stand-up comedy? And I was just like, Me? She was like, Yeah. She's like, you'll be great at it. And I was like, I've never done stand-up. I could never do stand-up. She was just like, what are you talking
0: about?
2: She's like you're funny, you have state experience, you're right, don't you? And I was like, Yeah. She's like, you should do stand-up.
0: Yeah.
2: And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, thank you, Lena. Thank you. Oh, Lena, Lena Hopefully is. Hopefully you're my,
1: listening. And, Lena's uh, the
2: love of my life. I just love her to pieces. We're friends to fantastic. this day. She's great. Um she's still in New York? She's still in New York. Yeah. She's still in New York. She's she's Jewish. She's a, she's a she's a Russian Jew who moved at fifteen. I'm a Pakistani Muslim. I yes. moved to 15, nice. and we just have so much commonality about that. like that immigrant struggle, that coming here, make trying to make it. They're still trying to hold on to your culture part. Like just all of those things. Like we That's
1: just so beautiful. I love we, that.
2: Yeah, we always say we're just like man. I was like man, if we only just got an opportunity to run the world, there would be so much peace between Muslims and Jews, <laughs> exactly. don't you agree? Okay? I'm like yes, yes. <laughs> calm down uh you know calm down people uh but uh yeah we always joke about that she's freaking great uh and i remember my mom uh was i had now like uh we it was like past eight years we had like kind of repaired our relationship and my mom was visiting so she came and made the
1: first move did you do the first reach out
2: yes yes i did the first reach out nice job yeah i did the first reach out i think the mainly because i think and this is kind of a side thing but um, i think one thing i realized my mom had experienced a lot of uh, trauma growing up and i think as children what we do is that we look at our parents as these perfect beings and as you get older you're just like my parent is a flawed human being because they're human um and they have their own traumas they have their own Messed up history. They have their own demons that they're fighting. And I I stopped looking at my mom as my mom. I looked at her as this lady I met at a party who yes. told me her story. So well said. And I, had, and I had compassion for her. That's
1: great. Yeah. That's genius. You know? mama. Well done. Yeah.
2: And I was just like, you know what? I have to uh, not look for her for validation. I think That's what right. I, I don't, I don't want her to give me anything. I want to give her love right you know and if we can that's if amazing. i can give her love and we can just kind of meet halfway i'd be happy yeah. right yeah. you know if i can just if i can just be her girlfriend you know yeah. i think i think that's what she needs i don't think yeah. she really needs a daughter as much as she needs a real girlfriend who really wants to, who should be there for her yeah
1: yeah absolutely and, and
2: we started really repairing and working on our relationship and it's quite fascinating when you bring your guard down like that, and it's quite fascinating, you know, look, I'm not saying that works for everyone, right? right.
1: No, no it's not a formula. Them.
2: It's not a formula, right? But it's something that I wanted to give it a try. Yeah. Um, am I? Uh, is our relationship the greatest? Hell no, yeah. it's yeah. not, it is. Yeah. Is it decent? Yes. Yeah. Is it uh, better than it was before? Uh, questionable but we are still you know we can still communicate we can still talk maybe not on the most greatest level but we can still have some kind of uh conversation right so that's, that good. Is,
1: yeah. that's
2: good enough for me right?
1: you know you, you have to meet people where they are and yes. where you're comfortable and yes. uh i'm glad that worked out well for you and another time i'll share a story i had a major falling out with my father which included uh court cases and uh when i recently tried to make amends um he called the police on me so i guess he's not ready
2: i don't think he's ready is he in <laughs> is he in westwood
1: no 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 gosh no uh he lives in dc he got remarried and so the the new wife has a big say in of course everything that God he does it. so uh it, it might have really I'm been sorry. her who called the police
2: i'm so sorry to hear that that's you know that's usually you
1: know, it's, the it's again, we meet people where they are and that that's the yeah. choice and that's the choice. So, um, but I, I, don't, I don't, I want to get back to you. Um, so we're going to credit Lena for the comics comedy club, but you're on stage, you're telling your jokes and you're getting this amazing response and you're like, I'm hooked. Is that how yes. it happened?
2: You know, I wrote my three minutes. I, my mom is there in the crowd with me. I take wow. her to my first open mic uh
1: big step okay so what year was this
2: this is 2009
1: okay brilliant
2: so morgan stanley and uh comedy is beginning to take place around at the same time gotcha 2009 2000 yeah um and um i think it was naivete back then because i didn't know any better i i just didn't know any better uh if i had started comedy today do you think i will take her today Hell
1: no. Uh, well, but <laughs> you you use her in a lot of your material as the traditional disapproving Pakistani mom. Yeah. And I, so you know, I, I wondered if that was a persona that you created to great effect, or if yeah. there was truth behind it. But it sounds there's like a
2: good. lot of truth. There's a lot of truth. I mean, uh, a lot of the stuff I talk about on stage about my mom is very. Uh, By the way,
1: that that bit about okay. taking her to a sex shop was genius.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's an absolutely true story. There is no <laughs>
1: during Ramadan, no less. Ramadan. Oh my God, I like you so much.
2: <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm a little scandalous, uh, but uh, yeah, I took her to. I took her to a sex toy shop. It was a lot of fun. I, I love I love watching my mom kind of squirm a little bit course, and just yeah. patching her reactions. I just love that. I love all of it. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, it's the greatest. Uh, I took her to a hustler store here the hustler sex toy store now it's a bit now it's one out of business because of freaking uh covid uh but i remember taking her there and there were a group of like these guys and girls that were there and my mom was like oh my god we have to leave they're going to see us here and i'm like they don't know you relax <laughs> in fact they were probably
1: more freaked out seeing auntie there like
2: exactly they were just like oh there's an auntie here and she's freaking (laughs) out they're like oh my god this is here it's just like who cares i was making her like whole like like giant like dildos and i was like can you hold it and i was like taking pictures of her she's like delete it right now delete it
1: don't do it that's fabulous oh,
2: i my God. love doing that to my mom it's like literally one of my favorite things
1: so you um, know you, you really have a, a comic affinity to um sasha baron cohen because that's uh, his whole approach make people uncomfortable yes, yes. uh and I, have,
2: I i love sasha i think he's, he's amazing
1: yeah no, absolutely and his recent show i mean it was just so brilliant where he's got that uh uh pacific northwest liberal in front of this group of conservatives and and i'm really excited to share we're going to have this huge construction project here it's going to bring 300 million dollars to this community all these jobs you know and and here it is here's the mosque we're going to build and suddenly everyone's face is like (laughs) it was genius it was so well done Um,
2: I i think he's so great
1: so when did you start minority reports
2: um uh when did i i started minority reports a little over five years ago uh and uh yeah i mean i you know like this whole conversation about diversity and everything that's happening in uh hollywood right now yeah i was like ahead of the curve it's like I was doing this even before they were talking about, Oh, we need more inclusion and representation matters. I remember going to the comedy store. Um, and I don't know if you've been to the comedy store, but comedy store is primarily pretty white. Um, just a bunch of white dudes, uh, just hanging out together. Uh, and look, I, I am very grateful, uh, to the comedy store. Uh, I, I went to them and I'm like, look, if you're not going to pass me, or not going to give me an opportunity to be a regular. Can I at least produce a show here? And they were like, yeah, they're like, you can produce a show here. And I started producing Minority Reports there. Uh, and then eventually just kind of evolved to what it is. I, you know, started taking it out to Orange County, um, you know, started doing shows there, started doing shows in New York, uh, started kind of doing shows around town, uh, just to kind of explore and take it out of that environment to see how it's gonna thrive. And, uh, you know, uh, very, uh, I got very lucky right after I emceed the Women's March in San Francisco last year nice. uh and uh i made i made history by being the first uh south asian middle eastern w- female comic to perform in front of sixty thousand people well done. Uh, that's great i uh came back thank you i came back and uh i had my show that i was producing minority Ports presents desi girls night out in orange county and next thing you know 300 women showed up to the show
1: <laughs> that's oh, awesome man,
2: what's going on here they're like auntie's fighting over chairs have you ever seen this site oh yeah it is quite the sight my here, friend here. and not just that they're like coming and tapping on your shoulder they're like that lady took my chair auntie auntie
1: <laughs>
2: figure it out auntie figure it out you figured out how to come to america didn't you right
1: exactly figure it out,
2: <laughs> figure it out. leave me alone um but that was a massively successful show. We did, uh, you know, LA Times gave us a huge write up for it. Oh, um, nice. Before that, we also did an, a, like a test run show in Orange County. We did it at the, uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, you know, the improv, the Irvine Improv uh, uh, Comedy Club. Uh, and uh, Larry Flint is actually a big fan of ours. Fantastic. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And he gave us a massive write up in Hustler Magazine and we're the only clothed people in the main spread, pun intended. Um, That's an
1: achievement, yes. That well, is a man.
2: huge achievement. We were right below Triple ga- triple Bang and right above uh, Best Fallatios. I think we were like somewhere in the middle there. And I was like, thank you, Larry Flandt. Good
1: placement, yeah, exactly. What's in store for the future?
2: Uh, well, I have, uh, you know, I have my daily uh, rants that I do, Mona's Rants, Monday through Friday, well, Monday through Thursday, really uh and uh, two-hour live streams every single night i bring on a new guest we talk about the hot topics of the day and of the week uh then of course i have my minority reports podcast and my digital series that goes up every thursday and friday i'm bringing on uh you know congress i've had congresswoman katie hill i had margaret cho That's i had right. really rula jabril hard. who's an international journalist uh, she's a big fan she's fantastic uh and uh the, so today i have my uh, podcast. I don't know when this is going to air, but, um, yeah, I have my minor reports uh it's, it's every single week. I'm putting out about five, six, seven new pieces of content every week. So it's, That's uh, very, very it's very a lot of work.
1: Very busy. Very well, busy. Mona, thank you so much. Really appreciate all that you do and how you enrich our lives with humor. Well done. I wish you decibels and, Aww. uh, can, look you. forward to watching your continued success. Thanks thank you so again. much.
2: Same here. Thank you very much.